Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Broad Sunbelt season preview for football. Um, you know, a lot of new faces in the Sunbelt, a lot of things to talk about, and we're excited to dive into it. But tonight I'm joined by Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Awesome. So let's jump into it, guys. Let's start there. A bunch of new faces coming into the Sunbelt makes it a lot more competitive, makes it probably the premier group of five conference and specifically in the Sunbelt East where coastal Carolina resides is probably the best division in all of group of five. What's your take on the newcomers and, and what's your take on, on how challenging this has made coastal Carolina athletic schedule across the board? Yeah. So the newcomers are actually all pretty solid with the exception of Southern Miss, who's really not a very good football school. Hasn't they used to be, but they haven't been for a while. But you have FCS powerhouse James Madison. Old Dominion made a bowl game last year after a little bit of a stretch down the end of the regular season. And then you have Marshall, who's, in terms of name recognition in college sports, is probably vaulted to the top of the Sun Belt in terms of how long they've been around and been relevant. So I'm really excited for the new people. And I'll get into, get into each team a little bit more as pertains to football, but really excited for what they bring to the Sunbelt East, kicking Troy out to the West as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing these summers. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Marshall because Marshall has mm. always had a top-tier um, team throughout the years. Um, they have a really good running back uh, coming back this year, and they've got some, some good talent on their team. Like you said, Josh, you know, James Madison being an FCS powerhouse like the second best powerhouse behind uh north dakota state they uh they bring a lot of good challenges to um not only for us but for app state and for other teams of dominance in the uh, sun belt um old dominion you still got to give them credit even though they haven't really looked uh that great i mean outside of them upsetting virginia tech they they can bring some problems as well that one of the teams that could be an upsetter uh, to some of these teams, um, Southern Miss, those guys play hard. I mean, they may not get wins and stuff like that. They played powerhouses like Alabama in the past. They they can play. They they play their hearts out. So I, I can see them being a problem as well. They could cause some upsets as well. Um, but all in all, I look forward to seeing what each of these teams bring to the Sun Belt. New rivalries. I'm looking forward to seeing these new rivalries. You know, the fan bases here in the Sun Belt love it. We're, we're, we're going to be looking forward to playing, you know, the James Madisons and the Marshalls. So I'm looking forward to seeing exactly what's going to happen. Um, and I want to be the first one to actually welcome them into the, the Sun Belt Conference. Um, just so, you know, whenever we get ready to play them, it's going to be a really good show. So, Yeah, for me, I'm, I'm calling it the question mark. Yeah, you know, it's so many, there's so many headlines about the Sun Belt coming in, especially with this new expansion. So many teams that that get to be tested. You know, we know Marshall's a really good team that's really going to test most of the Sun Belt. We got JMU coming in. They're about to, in their, like, first year as FBS, they're about to, they got to prove that they belong in the FBS. 
Southern Miss. Southern Miss is probably the team that like interests me the most because even though they haven't been the best team throughout the years, I'm not going to lie. Like the future looks a little promising for them. And overall, like, and overall you talk about like the Sunbelt in general, you talk about the teams that are already there. This is, this is the question mark here for me. There's a lot of questions coming into this year for every single team, which is, is around the whole entire league. But with this expansion of the Sunbelt, by far, there's going to be a lot of questions answered. So I'm interested to see what the answer to those questions are. Yeah, it's it's a lot of changes. It's a, it's a lot of new faces. It's a lot of new places. We're all excited about it. I mean, um, Josh, you grew up in Virginia, so you have a tie to uh, James Madison, at least geographically. Your, your parents are both UVA alums. They're on the schedule this season. So, you know, it, it's good news for Coastal because – now you'll actually be challenged. You'll actually be recognized. And, you know, the 12-0 season will actually matter now. You know, the 12-0 season actually mattered for Cincinnati. They got into the playoff last year, right, as a group of five team. And Coastal Carolina, two years ago as an undefeated team, couldn't. And the reason they couldn't is because their schedule was dog shit. <laughs> and now it's not. Like, you can go to the playoff committee and be like, listen, did we beat Alabama? Did we beat Oklahoma? No, but we beat a damn good Marshall team, and we scheduled some some competent, good out of conference games like a Virginia, like you know, in in the future they've got a UCLA game scheduled. So it's exciting for all of us. But let's dive into the teams themselves here. We'll start in the Sun Belt East. Who is the team to watch in the Sun Belt East outside of Coastal Carolina? Well, I think it's got to be App State. There, we've mentioned this before. We thought for a brief moment we stole the Sun Belt back from them, but it's got to run through App State. It's got to run through Boone. But we get them at home this year, and I think they're one of those teams that's going to be – I think there's three teams that will compete for the Sun Belt East Championship, and they're one of them. I think they'll probably finish 10-2, and 9-3. and three. They're going to – I really think they're going to beat North Carolina. I think they open the season with them, either that or week two. And – they do have some question marks, though. Chase Bryce is returning, which is huge. Linebacker Nick Hampton, who had 11 and a half sacks last year, he's coming back along with Stephen Jones, who's a lockdown corner. I, as far as I can tell, they lost Cameron Peoples, but Nate Noel is back, a guy that kind of took over for Peoples last year. He was really their backup. 1,100 rushing yards last year. So all of that is great, right? But they lost their top four receiving weapons. So – a guy like Chase Bryce, I feel like he's a great quarterback, but he can't, he's not going to extend plays with his legs. He needs good receivers. He's a pure style quarterback. So I'm, if anything, those are the question marks for me. But with the defensive lockdown guys they have, and with, with Nate Noel is one of the best running backs in the country. So I don't really think they're going to fall off that much. And if you don't think that they're going to be in the running for some belt championship, then you've lost your mind. Yeah, I have bad news for you. Cam Peoples is back, too. <laughs> oh, he's back, too. I couldn't yeah. find him. Yeah, no, That's even worse. He was, he was a preseason uh, first-team all-sunbelt pick. So, like, not only do you they have Nate Noel, who's great, even worse. not only do they have Chase yeah. Rice, who's great, they're returning a lot of starting offensive linemen, and Cam Peoples. So, like, Jesus shit, man. The, those boys up in Boone, as much as I don't like them, that's going to be a hell of a team. Jordan, where are you at with the Sunbelt East? Um, I got to say App State. Um, it's actually App State, and I think Georgia State. I think Georgia State can make a, a big surprise this year as well. We can't, you know, take them for granted because Georgia State has a really good head coach and 
Coach Elliott, he used to be the Gamecocks um, interim head coach then. Um, you know, I just, you know, Granger, their quarterback, is is a dog. Like, he oh. can play. I think he can. This guy can play. He showed us last year for our homecoming game. He, we did not expect to lose that game. And he came back. A native of Conway came back. Wasn't even recruited by Coastal. Came back, put on a show, and beat, you know, a really good Coastal team last year. So, I got to say Georgia State has got to be one of the teams. And like you guys have mentioned, you can't you can't talk bad about App State. As much as we want to, we can't. We have to respect them because they are a team that has pretty much dominated the Sun Belt East. Um, and, you know, as much as we want to try to, you know, say we're the best team in the Sun Belt East, it goes through boom. I hate to say it, but it's true. We, we have to – in order for us to get to where we need to get to, we have to beat App State this year. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If we even want to make a sniff of a Sun Belt championship, we need to get to those guys. So I, I do like – I do think that App State is one of the teams, but I also think Georgia State's a lot improved as well. So don't don't sleep on Georgia State uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to basically follow, like, what you guys said. Obviously, App State, I've been saying that that is, the, that is the team we have to beat. That is the team that we should be looking out for the most. I'm going to go with, like, a little bit of a sleeper. I'm going to go – because we, we keep talking about Georgia State. I'm going to go with Georgia Southern. And the reason why I'm going to go with Georgia Southern is because Georgia Southern, they recently just got a new head coach. And uh, Clay Helton, Clay Helton, he coached uh, USC from 2015 to 2021. So he has been playing some really big teams. He's bounced around a little bit from like Duke to Houston to some other teams as well. Um, and not only that, but they got a new quarterback. And this quarterback yeah, we, we know were a little bit familiar with last year. This is Kyle Van Trees. You know, he gave us a really good game up in Buffalo. So honestly, I think the future is looking really bright for Georgia Southern. So don't be surprised if Georgia Southern gets themselves like a nice little six game, six wins, gets themselves a little bowl game. I think Georgia Southern is really going to surprise some people. Yeah, I'm glad you actually mentioned that because that was on my board. Fantrice, it's weird because that was the game like we started our podcast on. And every time I think back to that game, it kind of feels like a loss in the way that it's remembered in my head. We ended up winning that game, but Buffalo gave us the fits and Fantrice played a really good game. So in Georgia Southern's a team that before Coastal came into the Sun Belt and before App State, they've run the Sun Belt. And they're coming off to two or three seasons ago, 10 win seasons. They're used to being the top dog. They were the top dog before App State was there. And App State kind of took it from them, but they were still the number two. And then this cocky coastal team comes in there and knocks them right out. And they kind of fall apart, have a terrible year last year. But the culture that they have there and a guy that got fired from USC while his team was ranked, that's a really good coach. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it wouldn't surprise me, especially with Van Trees at the helm, that they're able to come back and have a solid season. Yeah, I think USC was just too much for Clay Helton, but that yeah. doesn't mean that he's a bad coach. Right. Right, like they, they were expecting the Pete Carroll, 05, Reggie Bush, Matt Liner years, and, and they weren't there for Clay Helton. But again, like that doesn't mean that he's a bad coach. So Georgia Southern's definitely a team on the rise. And, you know, I've got my eye on a newcomer. I think Marshall is going to be really good and really competitive early on in its Sunbelt history. And this is a school, you know, we talked about it earlier with the newcomers where they have had this reputation of being 
not great, but consistent and consistently good, right? They've always been a school that at the group of five level was competitive. They would, you know, every now and again, they get blown out by West Virginia or whatever, but they always played well against their peers. And I think they're going to do that again this year. I think they're going to play really, really well against the rest of the Sunbelt East. And it wouldn't surprise me if we got to November and they're representing the Sunbelt East in their first season of being here, kind of like Nebraska represented the Big Ten at that point. I think they were the Big Ten leaders, but what became the Big Ten West in their first season, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they end up in, in you know, in the Sunbelt Championship game. Yeah, you talk about Marshall, and as great as the running backs in the Sunbelt are with Braden Bennett and Reese White and Cameron Peoples and Noel, I think Marshall's bringing in the best running back to this conference. His name is Rasheen Ali. He's only a sophomore. And as a freshman, 1,401 rushing yards, averaged 5.6 yards a carry, and he scored 23 touchdowns as a freshman. First team all conference USA. And that is now the running back standard in the Sun Belt. And it is going to be an absolute nightmare to try to defend him. And they also have a great corner as well. And their quarterback is new. He's been around for a while. He was at Utah State and Texas Tech, kind of filling in here and there starting games. So luckily for Coastal, it's not a super established quarterback at Marshall, but with a running back like that, it's going to be – that's the focal point of their game is trying to stop that guy. Yeah, so in having a veteran quarterback – An established quarterback when you're turning around and right, that's what I'm saying. a guy like that. Yeah. Well, you know, you brought up uh, – you brought their corner, Josh, uh, Stephen Gil- Gilmore. Stephen Gilmore, yes, sir. Yeah, this guy, it looks like he's going to make a – Yeah, he looks like he's going to make – I mean, this guy's had 24 broken up passes. He's had six interceptions, three forced fumbles. Um, 129, 159 tackles. This guy could easily be one of the, you know, first or second team all conference U.S. You know, he was all conference USA. But he could be all conference Sun Belt. I mean, that's just how good of a player this guy is. I mean, Marshall, even though we didn't really mention it except for Curtis, I think you know he's got to be another sleeper. They're going to be another sleeper as well. I feel like you never know this, this team. I mean, but it, like you said, their quarterback play. We don't know how good he can be. So it's hard for me to say for certain if they can compete, but they might have a few upsets here and there. Um, well, oh, definitely. And it's a great – Marshall is probably the best addition to this conference. Not not even probably. Definitely the best addition to this conference as a whole. Their football stadium can hold almost 40,000 people, which puts them above almost every single – team in the Sun Belt East, although I think Georgia State has a huge stadium as well. But they're just bringing a level of athletic relevance to the Sun Belt that a lot of the – for such a long period of time that these other schools simply don't have. So getting Marshall in here, and if they're competitive right away, I actually think that's really good for the conference, and it's going to be a dogfight at the top of the Sun Belt. Yeah, and there's there's two things I want to – like the fact that all of us were able to name basically every team in, in the Sunbelt East as like right. a competitor as like a good, like it just shows the level of talent and you know, that that's present in this division. And another thing I wanted to bring up when you said Stephen Gilmore, he's a Rock Hill native. So that's another guy we saw it last year with Darren Granger, where it's like, Hey, listen, I'm back on home turf. Coastal didn't recruit me. App State didn't recruit me. Like I was in their backyard. Like I was a, a, a damn like they could have hit my house with a rock type stuff and I, I had to go to you know go to Marshall to get 
a scholarship and, and play. These guys are going to be motivated to come back here because Marshall's roster is loaded full of North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia guys, and, and you can't overestimate how important it is to those guys to come back and play in front of family and, and do the things that they knew they were capable of but the local schools didn't believe in them to do. So that's that's really exciting. But we'll move on to the Sunbelt West. We'll, we'll take it to um, the Sunbelt least for sure. Um Louisiana's the runaway favorite in this division. There's there's nothing else that we can say with that. Um, Mario, where do you stand with, with Louisiana, with the Raging Cajuns, and what they're going to bring to the conference this season? Hey, look, I mean, obviously, for, like, the longest time, we talk about App State being the big brother. Well, the two closest little brothers to them is us and Louisiana Lafayette. You know, we'd be lying if we said they weren't a threat. We keep talking about App State and how big of a threat they are, which they are. But Louisiana Lafayette has gave has gave App State a run for their money, especially last year when they absolutely beat the brakes off them in that Sunbelt Championship game. Louisiana Lafayette, let me tell you something. This is this isn't like you know coming. This came out the blue, but this has been something that they have been building on for like a decent amount of time. For the longest time, for multiple years, they have had the number one Sunbelt draft uh, recruiting class in all of Sunbelt. That's that takes time to build, and a lot of these players that are coming in and making a big impact. It's all came, it's all came from time, just like Coastal, just like Coastal took these guys, took these three star guys and, you know, molded them into becoming great players. Louisiana Lafayette is doing the same exact thing. I'm telling you, they are on the come up and that might be the team that whether it's whether it's App State or whether it's Coastal Carolina, one of one of us is going to have to play them. And I'm telling you, that's a big threat right there. And we better be ready. Yeah. You talk about Louisiana, a team that is basically penciled in to the Sunbelt Championship on the West side. You want to talk about the Sunbelt East being the most exciting group of five division or maybe even the most exciting division, one of in college football. The least exciting division in all of college football is the Sunbelt West. I think the teams that finish second in South Alabama, Arkansas State, will finish around six and six, and they'll finish around 500 in conference play, and Louisiana's going to run the table against all of those teams. And that's coming from a team that lost Billy Napier to Florida. Lost Levi Lewis, one of their quarterback all-star school record-setting guys, and lost offensive linemen, lost top targets. They lost way more than they brought in this year, and they're still going to be penciled into a Sunbelt West championship. I'd be willing to put a ridiculous amount of money on the line that they're in that title game. So they're an extreme threat, but I really would love to see how they would do in the East. I don't, I don't think that they would finish much higher than – any of these other teams, they'd be in the four-man race for the championship, but even they're not that solid this year, losing all those guys. And I mean, their quarterback is Chandler Fields from, he transferred from Maryland or yeah, he transferred in, didn't really play where he was at last time. And he has to replace one of the greatest quarterbacks in Louisiana Lafayette history. So it's just a lot that they're losing, and it just shows how weak the Sunbelt West is. Right. Well, again, it's also – that's very similar to Coastal Carolina. You know, it's also it, – this shows how similar both these teams are, Coastal and Louisiana Lafayette, because we right. lost so many guys too. So just like us, they got something to prove too. These newcomers got to step in and take over what the guys who left left for them, you know, you know what I'm saying? So – there's a lot of stuff they got to prove, but Louisiana Lafayette, that is a really good team. And again, they have been building and it's time that they have been building on. So I'm really interested to see what they're going to do, especially in the Sunbelt West. I know they're going to win it. I'm interested to see if they continue with the same dominance in that Sunbelt West, or maybe even win 
I got a Sunbelt championship. I'm curious. Oh, what, what gets me is like Josh, what Josh said, talking about Billy Napier leaving. I'm curious to see what this new head coach is going to do to try to keep his guys, these new guys and the guys that have been here that stayed under Billy Napier to try to get under the system and get under what he's trying to bring towards Louisiana. We all, right. knew, we all knew how good of a coach Billy Napier was. That's why Florida went after him. So, I mean, the Florida Gators warned him. That tells you something. Um, I'm just curious to see how that's going to go. We know that they got the players. We know that they got the talent. But is the system, this new system that this new coach is bringing in, is that going to help elevate them to um, a Sunbelt championship appearance, which I think it will just because of how crappy the Sunbelt West is. But I just want to see some competitiveness and some some guts and some heart from some of these teams in the Sunbelt West to try to prevent them from going. But honestly, I do want them to go because if we by chance do make it, I would want to play Louisiana because they've been talking, they've been running their mouth. They're still a little butt hurt from when from when we whooped them back in 2020. So I would want to play them again, if anything. Oh yeah, and that just and that just raises our rank even higher. Like it's at least another solid opponent we would get to play. Right. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and and the other thing with Louisiana's schedule is, you know, there's always those crossover games between divisions. Um, their crossover does not include Appalachian State and does not include Coastal Carolina and does not include Georgia State. Like they're playing some of the weaker teams in the East as their crossover games. So it's right. like, you know, they're if I had to pick one team in the Sun Belt right now today to go into the Sun Belt Championship game undefeated, it's them just because their schedule is terrible. Like their only tough Sun Belt game is March. Yeah, and I That's throw it. Troy in there too. I think Troy is going to be a good team, which ironically is the team that got kicked out of the East. You know, to make to make room for for the new guys. Like I think that Troy team has got a lot of talent. They had a lot of guys named to the preseason All Sun Belt team, and I think they'll be okay. But they're okay, right? Like right. they'll probably end up seven and five, maybe eight and four at a stretch, where. If Louisiana loses two games, especially two conference games, that's a miracle in and of itself. Like, right. there's no way that should ever happen. Right. Right. What you just said. Sorry to cut you off, Josh, but this move from uh, the West to the East, uh, or the West, like the easier division, this is definitely going to help Troy. Like, people don't understand not just the fact that, like, the West is an easier division, but the fact that there are so many rivals that they have that are so close to them that are in the West. So them just moving to the West makes it even better for them because yeah, it makes again, the travel is less, you know, you don't got to worry about jet lag. They were moving, they were moving like a decent amount of time to get to us. So like, this is definitely going to help Troy. Yeah. And we've talked about, especially yesterday in the episode that we recorded about Coastal's preview, one Sunbelt loss in the Eastern division could mean that you don't have a chance at the conference championship. I mean, it did last year, but Louisiana could probably lose three games and not even have to go into a tiebreaker scenario, which is just, it's, it's disappointing for how brutal the East is going to be. And I don't think Louisiana is going to be the second best or top two team in the whole Sunbelt to play in the conference championship game. But the West is just, it's not competitive. It's not going to be competitive. And that's why I said, like, I would like to see some of these teams that they're not expecting to do anything. 
I would like to see some yeah. hard out. I would like to see them try to pull off an upset. I don't want any blowout games. I, but I, I feel like it's going to be blowout games. And I hate to be that type of person, but until I see otherwise, I got to see these guys play. But I just feel like we're not going to see some competitiveness, but I would like to see them try to, you know, knock off a Louisiana. Or I would like to see Troy try to make a run at trying to make it out of the West to the Sun Belt Championship. One of these teams, at least. Right. And again, following off what Jordan just said, I'm reading like an article from uh, the Sun Herald and it's talking about Southern Miss and how they had an incredible like transfer, like transfer portal and how they had so many transfers come in. They have had three transfers signed, seven of them committed. And out of the total 10, eight of them have been transferring from Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Those are SEC colleges right there. Like you have you have to think about the talent that they were playing. You have to think about the talent, not even just like in games, even if they didn't get their chance. But the guys that were possibly on their team that they had to go like one v one against, like if one of those guys was a corner, think about him going up against like I don't even know, like like I'm trying to even think like those big dogs there. I'm not sure if like it still applies, but like a DK Metcalf, like an AJ Brown or whatever. Like these guys, like the SEC is the toughest division. It is the toughest like conference in all of college football. So I wouldn't be surprised if like these guys come out the come out of nowhere and end up making a great run. That's why I'm really focused on the Southern Misses here. Because that might be a team that could possibly, I don't want to say it could happen, but they got the potential to make an upset if these guys end up becoming something. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, you know, this is this is a one-horse race, but it won't be a one-horse race for long. The addition of Southern Miss is, is a really good um, is a really good bring-in for the Sun Belt. You know, that's a team that's eventually going to be really competitive just based off of their location, based off of the history that we know, are they going to win a title this year? God, no. But they're going to be a, a good team eventually. Troy, like you said, Mario, is, is going to benefit immensely from being in the West. And, you know, I, <laughs> we're going to have a national uh, football episode where we kind of recap what's happening, give predictions on that sort of thing. But I want to talk just very briefly about how I respect the Sun Belt for appreciating like the graphic, like the graphical nature, the geographical nature of its conference, where like Coastal Carolina is the most outlying school in the Sun Belt, or or was before, but now their longest road trip is James Madison, and it's like a five and a half, six hour drive, like it's just straight up ninety five, that like you don't have to do anything else, so. Like I respect the Sun Belt for doing that, and, and now Troy is going to be a benefit, a benefactor of that as as much as Coastal Carolina is now that they're finally in the West and finally surrounded by teams that that they're going to compete with and do well against. Now, now the official outlier is Texas State, all the way over there <laughs> doing their own thing. But even them, they they feel like they're still you know part of the family and part of the geographical region. So, I think with that we move on to individual awards. Grayson McCall is the preseason offensive player of the year. Josiah Stewart, defensive preseason player of the year. Are you going away from that? Are you sticking with that? Is there a player that you have in mind at the end of the season for offense and defense, or is it going to be chalk and Grayson and Josiah walk out uh, with those awards? Yeah, I think uh, we were talking about this earlier, but I think the stats that Grayson McCall is going to have to put up this year for Coastal to be as good as they've been is going to be just off the charts and ridiculous. And it's going to warrant him these awards without much thought. But I really, really, I've watched some of his tape too. This Rasheen 
Ali guy from Marshall. If there's anybody that can put up enough numbers to do it and take the offensive player of the year, maybe not like MVP type stuff, but just that many yards and 23 touchdowns as a freshman, I think he's going to have to, he's going to replicate on a great level, especially with a quarterback that hasn't been there. And another guy I wanted to talk about is um, Noel from App State as well. Maybe he probably won't put up the numbers with Peoples also being, and Peoples could be a guy too. Both of those guys, if you put them into one player, the stats they're going to have, yeah, that might win player of the year. But wanted to give a shout out to those three running backs because I think Grayson McCall is going to take it on that side. And then on defense, there's nothing to lead me to believe that as Josiah Stewart, now that it's his second year seeing all of these guys and with some of the extra help that we've brought in on the defensive line, I think he's going to put up 13 sacks again and maybe even a little more than he did last year around 13. But I, I believe in Josiah Stewart this year. He's been real quiet this offseason, and I think that's dangerous for a lot of teams. And, yeah, he's going to put up a hell of a bunch of numbers. Yeah, I I feel like Grayson's probably going to run away with another one. I just feel like he might. But if, if anybody can try to catch him, it'll probably be uh, Nate, Nate Noel. I think that he's a yep. like, I think that he oh. – I feel like he he as much as I hate him in that the the, the boom colors I I I, th- I like the guy a lot I think he's a a pretty good bag I just feel like his touchdowns will be a lot better um, he only had four rushing touchdowns last year but that's only because you got you know Cameron Peoples you know he came in and had fourteen touchdowns so I feel like if if not Grayson I feel like it will probably be those two guys out of boom. Um, with Cameron Peoples and, and Nate Noel, just because of the way, you know, you know, Cameron Peoples didn't even have a thousand yards last year. Um, if both of those guys have over a thousand yards, that would be that'd be a sensational running game, but not only that, that would be a sensational uh, offensive line presence that they have as well. So I would I would say those two, Nate Noel and Cameron Peoples would probably be the, the, the two closest to try to catch Grayson, but I feel like Grayson's still gonna is gonna come away with another Sun Belt player to yeah. It sounds like if it was Nate Peoples that they would win the award. Combine the two. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy for us to say Josiah Stewart and um, Grayson McCall. I think Josh's pick on um, on that running back from Marshall, I think his pick, uh, Rasheen Ali, I think that's a really good pick. I think that's a guy that can really, like, challenge Grayson McCall for that offensive player of the, uh, of the year. Um, I'm going to go with uh, a guy on defense. This is a guy, again, a guy from App State. I'm going to go with Nick Hampton. I don't know. This guy, I believe he is entering his junior year, if I'm correct. The man had 11 sacks last year. I think that guy could really have a breakout year. Yeah, I, I think he goes chalk on offense for sure. Like, Grayson McCall is going to be Coastal Carolina's focus. He's Grayson McCall. He's probably the best group of five quarterback out there. Um I really don't think there's any debate on the offensive side. Now, the only caveat to that, and God forgive me for even saying this, is is injuries are the only thing. Because I think I, I I love your pick of of the App State running backs, but I think they take too much production away from each other. Like those guys are probably both going to be close to a thousand yards. And if there was one of them that was 2,000 yards, like you said, if it was Nate Peoples, you know, then it would be <laughs> like that's the runaway offensive player of the year. But on defense, keep an eye on on Troy's defensive line. They've got four guys on the defensive line – or excuse me, three guys on their defensive line that were named to Sunbelt all preseason teams. Um, 
Richard, uh, Juvenor was named to the second team, and then on first team, they actually had two guys, uh, Will Chola and uh, Javon Solomon. Like, that's a solid defensive line group. It's going to be hard to face three top-level talents like that and keep them all blocked. And it wouldn't surprise me if one of them has a breakout and managed to, you know, steal the award away from, from Josiah Stewart, who we all think is going to have another stellar season. So, with that, I think it's finally prediction time, boys. Who wins the Sunbelt East? Who wins the Sunbelt West? Who walks away Sunbelt champions? All right, well, I'm going to go right into it. Coastal Carolina wins the Sunbelt East. It's a dogfight, and depending on – we might even have to use some tiebreakers to get in there. Like, maybe it's – I think there's a very real possibility. It's like we beat Marshall. Marshall beats App State. App State beats us, and it's some weird tiebreaker that gets us in. But I think we get in somehow. And obviously Louisiana gets in the West. And then I really like our chances against Louisiana. Like I said, I think they would finish fourth in the Sunbelt East. So if we get Louisiana in the Sunbelt championship game, roll shots. It's, and we've all been saying it. We all know it's going to come down to the App State game. At home, Thursday night, ESPN, nationally televised game. It's going to come down to that game. And I feel like, is at our house. I feel like we're going to win. Because last time they came down and we it was 2020, we beat them there. So I feel like it's going to be, you know, the atmosphere is going to be crazy. You know, surf turf is going to be rocking on a cold November night. So I feel like we're going to win that game. We're going to go ahead. We're going to win the East. Of course, Louisiana is going to win because of, you know, not, a, not enough competition in the West. And like Josh said, you know, compared to Louisiana, I like our chances against them because they don't really – I don't think – talent-wise, I think we're we're way more talented than they are, and we got one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football. So, I think we win the Sun Belt championship. So, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I do think we're definitely going to, you know, win the Sun Belt. We're definitely going to win the Sun Belt East for sure. I just don't think it's going to be us and App State. I, I think Marshall, I think it's going to be us and Marshall. I think it's going to be us and Marshall. I think we beat Marshall if that happens. And then it's going to come down to us and Lafayette. I mean, we all basically got the same, we got the same answer right here. We all know it's going to be Coastal and Lafayette. Like we don't, I'm, I'm just going to cut right to it. That's, and that right there, I think will be the toughest game on our schedule. I don't, I think once we beat App State, I think that'll be the toughest game on our schedule. And honestly, I think this is going to come – I think it's going to be an overtime game. I do not – I don't think it's like – it's not that I'm not confident that they will – that they won't win, but I think this is going to be our toughest game this season is Lafayette once we get past that state. But I do think that that could go 50-50. I'm going to say Coastal, obviously. I'm very optimistic that they're going to get the job done, especially if you give that ball to Grace McCall and he get, ends up winning the coin toss or whatever. I believe that toe-to-toe, I believe that he can end up winning that game. So I got Coastal winning the whole thing, but I do think that that championship game would probably be the toughest game of our season. Boy, you guys put me in a hell of a spot. Um, <laughs> I love Coastal Carolina with all of my heart. I Don't really, do truly do. Don't do it. Oh, Don't do it. However. Oh, God. I don't think Coastal wins the East. I don't think Coastal wins the East. Coastal Carolina versus App State, and, and this has been mentioned numerous times on this podcast. If you're new, I grew up in Central Pennsylvania. I was a Penn State fan. Coastal Carolina versus App State is Penn State versus Michigan. Whoever's the home team wins that game. And they do it 
in pretty dominating fashion. Now, does that mean that App State's going to win this year? No, because it's in Conway. So I think Coastal Carolina gets past that test, but I think they stumble and fall somewhere along the way. And I think App State, kind of last year, towards the end of the season, we had hope. We're like, hey, listen, we lost to App State, but if they lose this game and we win this one and, and whatever we're in, I think we're going to be in the same spot now, this time with a victory in, in App State over hand. But I just I don't see it happening. I think App State ends up winning the Sun Belt East, and they play Louisiana in the Sun Belt Championship, and they get their revenge on Louisiana, and, and App State, unfortunately, still controls the Sun Belt. Like, that's just... That's just what it is. And, dude, all your faces are... are oh, God. I hate that prediction. I mean, that's, that's what I said, though, with the whole tiebreaker. It's going to be something like that, I think. I, mm, I just... I feel like we're ready to take over. Like, I really do. <laughs> and I just don't want that to happen. I really don't. That's so, why I, I really hope that, you know, this team doesn't, you know, takes every game seriously. Because if we beat – pretty much we beat App State and we, we win all the other games we're in. That's all we have to do is take care of I I think with how up and down this year is going to be at times, it's going to be a hell of a ride for the podcast. I, I really think this is going to oh, be some great God. episodes this year. Mm. Look, look, I, I hate Curtis's prediction, but for me to say that it won't happen, that's not true. Like, that, like there's a legit <laughs> possibility that that could happen. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, at the end of the day, it's always been that three-horse – it's always been that three-horse race. It's always been App State, Lafayette, us. It's always been that. Always been that. Now there's new teams getting added to it. I just don't think it's going to be App State going there. I, but it could possibly happen. It could very well happen. It is a good prediction. I just don't like it. But I mean, only time will tell. Listen, let let me make it up. Let me make it up here a little bit. I hate App State. Fuck the Mountaineers. But App State uh-huh. is a very, very, very good football program. They are. They have proven time and time again that they are the kings of the Sun Belt. And until someone proves me wrong, and proves me wrong in multiple years, right? Like the Coastal Carolina, I hope to God it's not a blip on the radar. I don't hope we look back 10 years from now and we're like, App State champ, App State champ, App State, App State, App State, Coastal. What the hell are they doing? App State, App State, App State, App State. Like, like that's not what I want, Right. I want Coastal Carolina to be that team. I want us to look 10 years from now and be like, hey, you remember that miracle run where App State finally won the Sun Belt East? Like, that's what I want. I just don't think the Coastal is there yet. I just don't think that the team with six returning starters is there yet and it, and is able to push through a season that is going to be a roller coaster. I don't know that they have the it's- mental fortitude to push through it and, and, and to do it. And I hope to God they prove me wrong. I hope to God I have to come back in here in November and be like, listen, I was wrong. Coastal's 12-0. and 0. We're going to the Sun Belt Championship. I can't freaking wait. But I just, I don't see it. Well, 2020, you know, I didn't, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see us making that run either. You know what I'm saying? This was before Grayson McCall. Was Grayson McCall. Isaiah Likely was Isaiah Likely. This was before all those guys made a name for themselves. You know, there were some like returning starters that we had like some familiarity with, but 
we didn't expect it back in 2020 neither. That's why I'm so optimistic because one because Coach Chadwell has been through it once. Do do the same thing again, the same exact thing. Prepare that team the same exact way as you did in 2020. And I think this team is definitely going to go places. I think if you do that, I think they will definitely go places. Now, is there a possibility that it might be too much for the for the uh, for the new players that are coming in? Like Curtis said, absolutely. But that's what. But again, only time will tell. But I feel like if he's been through it once. He knows what he knows what to do for the second time coming, and I think and I think he Chadwell's got it all under control. I hope. Well, I just got this to say. I know those guys. We saw the reaction of the our players last year when they lost to App State. We literally saw the game. Every, every one of us saw the game last year. We saw that you know App State fans were rushing the field. You saw the disappointed look on the faces of our players. So I know. I know for a fact this is going to be a game. It was a game last year. You know, one or two plays go our way. We came with a field goal. Exactly. We only lost by three. One or two plays go our way. We win that game. But things didn't pan out our way. We lost the game, and we lost by at at the end of time. Like, we lost right there. So, I feel like those guys – our guys are ready. I know that's one game on on the calendar that they're circled and they're ready to go for that game. And I know Grayson's ready for it as well because he, I mean, he was balling that game. And for him not to come out on top of that against a rival like that, I know that our team will be ready against App State at home this year. Right. I think it's just – in the Sunbelt East the last couple of years especially, it's just been a two-horse race for the top. And really, like, we look at the rest of the schedule and we haven't had to think about, oh, that could be an L. But when you add a team like Marshall in there, that is – very close to the level of App State, and you make it a three-horse race, you make it twice as hard. I think that's where Curtis is coming from, and it's just it's going to be a dog fight. And then other teams – I mean, we have, I don't really – no one really knows how James Madison's going to do because it's hard to see that FCS to FBS jump. But all they know is winning. That's all they know. And those kids are going to be have a lot of swagger. And fortunately, we get them at the end of the season. Maybe, fortunately, they might have run the table by then, but – the division's just a whole lot tougher, and we're going to have to be on our shit every single week now. We're not going to be able to cruise by and rest starters at halftime. Every week's going to be a fight, and it's going to be fun, though. Right, and there's no such thing, and at this point, especially in this season, I don't care how far you're in it, there's no such thing as having a high ego. There is no such thing as that. You can't win one really important game and then start talking shit on social media. You can't do that, because guess <laughs> what? This entire season, you're going to be facing comp. It's a reputable league now. Exactly. You can't just have a good win and end up losing to a team that's not that great. You're facing comp. So guess what? That ego better stay the same from week one all the way to the end of the season. And it's as simple as that. As long as they keep that composure, as long as they do that and they keep their level heads and they do what they're supposed to do. Strike the stone every week. Yep, strike the stone, just like you said, Josh. And again, I would love nothing more than to be wrong come November, but we'll see. I think we go ahead and we wrap it up there. Uh, this was a, a very fun episode, and, and if you can't tell already, we're all super, super excited to get back into football season. We're all massive football fans here. We've been waiting week. for a long time since since, you know, since December. That, that last victory feels like it was so long ago that you know it's time to get a couple more under the belt. So with that being said, follow us on Twitter at The Shot Show, on Instagram at Shot Show. Send us ideas for shows. Send us your predictions. Who do you think wins the Sun Belt East? Who do you think wins the Sun Belt West? And, you know, 
I think a lot of our fans and a lot of people that follow us are going to say Grayson McCall wins Offensive Player of the Year. Who's your dark horse for Defensive Player of the Year? You know, who who do you have your eyes on out there in the Sun Belt? But for Josh, Mario, and Jordan, I'm going to go ahead and sign off for it. Thumbs up.